welcome. Welcome into this time and into this moment. And whether you've worshipped with us many times over these recent weeks and months, or whether you are new to us this morning, it doesn't matter because you are very, very welcome. God gathers his people here and God is in the midst of us. Let's begin with some gathering words, which this week um, I thought I would share some words from this book. It's called Sam's Redux uh, and it's poems and, and prayers which are inspired by the Psalms. And it's written by Carla Grosch Miller. And I'm going to share a redux of Psalm 126, or a response to Psalm 126. When the miracle happened, when the hoped for and dreamed of, prayed for, longed for, ached for, pleaded for miracle happened, when you acted beyond our expectation or imagination, we were open-mouthed. We pinched ourselves. Is it true? Can it be? Then the light began in our toes and rippled its way to the tops of our heads. Laughter and tears erupted. We clapped our hands. We danced with joy. This is God's doing, we said. The holy is. Even our sceptical neighbours noticed. Is this God's doing, they muttered. Can God save me, they wondered. Act again, great God, with unmistakable power. We bring our need to you. Our poverty of spirit, our deep hungers the work of our hands and minds, the mistakes we've made, the seeds we've sown. Make our barren places fruitful and our emptiness to overflow. Free us from our manifold captivities and set us on a broad plain. Fill our mouths with laughter again and our hearts with songs of joy. It's the third Sunday of Advent. Our journey towards Christmas continues and our waiting is getting shorter. And so I invite you to take three of your candles this week and as Lewis and Freya and Andrew help us to light our candles, I invite you to light yours. Father God, we come into this space, a space already inhabited by you, and you invite us to share it with you. And so we come, putting aside the worries, the cares, the things undone, the things still to do, the mess, Putting aside all of that, the demands, the people, so that we might focus 
our minds and our hearts on you. So that we might come to you in wonder and receive from you. So that we might offer you our praise and our thanksgiving. So that we might again wonder at the love that you have for us. So that we might learn more about you and your love and your purpose for us. And so we come. We come as we are. Whether tired, whether joyfully, whether grudgingly, whether out of habit, we come in faith, trusting that what we receive from you will make a difference. And for that, Lord, we give you our thanks. We thank you for the love that you have for us, a love that you put into skin and bone for us at Christmas. A love which restores us and renews us, renews us. A love which forgives us. A love which makes us whole. A love that boils up within us, bubbles out of us, overflows and takes voice in praise. A love that transforms. A love that was made known to us in the cry of a newborn baby as heaven and earth rung out to the sounds of angels singing, angels praising, angels proclaiming the birth of the one who had come, the fulfilment of all of your promises. Emmanuel, God with us. And for that, Lord, we give you our thanks and our praise that you love us enough to come among us. That you love us enough that it was your plan from the very beginning of time to redeem us, to make us new, to restore us, to forgive us for all of the things that we do out of the will that you gave us. And Lord, we come to you now, knowing full well that even in this week alone, we have done things which have damaged our relationships, our relationships with one another, our relationship with you and and how we feel about ourselves. And so in this space and in this moment and in this time, Lord, we think of the things that we've said or the things that we left unsaid. We think of the angry words, the short tempers, 
the outbursts that we wish we hadn't had. We think of all of the things that we've done or haven't done, which have wronged others. We think of the ways that we have treated this world of ours, the ways in which we've been careless with the resources that you give us. Would we think of all of these things, the things that we say, the things that we do, the thoughts that we have. And in the quiet now, we call to mind those for which we need forgiven. Lord, may we accept your grace, grace which is so freely given to us, not because of anything that we do or because of who we are, but because of who you are, God of the universe who loves each one of us enough and cares about each one of us enough that you have counted the hairs on our heads you know the number of freckles on our skin and you have written our name, our name, on the palm of your hands. May we know your grace and may we find within it the grace that we need to forgive ourselves and to forgive the others who have wronged us. Help us during this Advent season, during this journey towards Bethlehem, towards the manger, to grow. To grow more as lights which shine in the darkness, pointing others towards you, and to grow in our relationship with you. Lord, as we come closer, to Christmas Day and to greeting you again in the manger. May you grow in our sight. May we grow nearer to you. And may we learn all that you have to teach us. May we receive all that you have to give us. For you, Lord, you are the gift, the gift which transforms each one of our lives, each one of our hearts, each one of our thoughts and minds. May we sense you with us in all that we do. Emmanuel, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to use your imaginations. I want you to imagine this scene. It's a scene that's played out in countless movies, in countless books, 
in countless TV programmes, and I'm sure you can imagine the scene really well. Boy meets girl. Except this is first century Palestine, BC style. So boy meets girl. Girl is promised a boy in marriage. A bright future stretches before them. Hopes are raised, the hopes of a community, the hopes of a family. And excitement bubbles up in the midst of it. The boy and girl exchange shy smiles each time they see one another. It's a perfect tale and another happy ending. The scene is set. Except God interrupts. And so let's hear what Joseph, our boy, has to say about it in this, this song by Sammy Horner called this could be the worst day of my life. Well, I'm stoned in love with a sweet girl oh, No one else comes near But this morning she got something to say That I did not need to hear And by the look in her eyes And by the look in her face I knew it was gonna be bad Man, this could be the worst day that I've had Well, she said, hey Joe You know how much I love you true and true But I gotta tell to tell you, boy And you may not think it's true Because I'm gonna have this baby child I felt my face turn red Ah, this could be the worst day well, she said that she'd been faithful And she said she loved me dear And she said no man had touched her And she said no man came near Oh, did I recall this memory That stopped me feeling sad Still, this could be the worst day that I've had Oh, give me a break journey, but our destination town was packed to the seams and bursting, oh it really let us down, no rooms were free so the land and me and the barn my Mary got mad, oh this could be the worst day that I've had, and to make things worse we couldn't find a nurse when the baby did appear, what a sight it was with the wind there And the goats and chickens here And I could not sleep with the noise of sheep And that baby needing fed Oh, this could be the worst day that I've had And now I've got shepherds and wise men here Oh man, I need some sleep And the sound of a choir singing up the stairs Is really what I need and that hole in the roof letting one big starlight burn my eyes real bad Oh, 
gone to the to the authorities, the religious authorities, and, and, and called her out on it. But I love her. No matter what she'd done, I love her. And I don't want her stoned. We're betrothed, promised to one another, as good as man and wife. I kept my word, and a public trial isn't my thing. My mind's made up. I'll divorce her quietly. Find a witness. Say the words. Go our separate ways. Let's hear our reading. This is how the birth of Jesus came about his mother. Mary was engaged to marry Joseph, but before they married she learned she was pregnant by the power of the holy spirit because mary's husband joseph was a good man he did not want to disgrace her in public so he planned to divorce her secretly while joseph thought about to these things an angel of the lord came to him in a dream the angel said joseph descendant of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the baby in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will name it Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to bring what the Lord had said through the prophet of virgin will be pregnant she will have a son and they will name him Emmanuel which means God is with us when Joseph woke up he did what Lord's angel had told him to do Joseph took Mary as his wife but he did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son and Joseph named him Jesus. Imagine the tongues wagging as the news travelled around the area. Have you heard about Mary? Pregnant. <laughs> Joseph said it's not his, but he's standing by her. <sighs> Imagine the scandal. 
And yet Joseph takes God at his word, trusts God and carries on with God's plan. I wonder what he thought. I wonder if he doubted. Oh, I'm sure those doubts disappeared once they found that stable in Bethlehem and Joseph helped deliver Mary's baby as the sky lit up behind him and an angel choir struck up their song above them. The thing is, Joseph could have walked away. After all, Mary being pregnant before he took her home as his wife was never part of Joseph's plan and were definitely grounds to have her punished. But Matthew makes it clear that Joseph is a key part of God's plan. For it's Joseph who is a direct descendant of David and who's able to give Jesus the inheritance as the son of David, codeword, the Messiah. You know, I find that a wonderful thought. It is literally a thought that fills me with wonder that the God of the universe who could just, if God wanted to make things happen, force things to happen, instead invites us, gives us a choice to participate in God's mission, in God's plan to redeem all of God's creation. From the very beginning of time, God has invited his creation into relationship with him and has invited people to work in his plan. And if you think about it, it's never the ones who have got it sussed. It's never the ones who have got perfect lives that God invites to get involved. Think of Isaac. Think of Jacob, men who thought they knew better how to make God's plans work out, how to make God's promises come true. These are the people that God involves. These are the people that God uses. Think of Jonah. Uh, I want you to go to, to Nineveh. And Jonah thinks, no, I've got a plan. And so he goes to Joppa. These are the people that God uses. People who are so reassuringly human. Remember, Israel wasn't chosen because she was the biggest or the strongest of the nations. She wasn't. She was tiny and insignificant. And she was stubborn. Throughout our Bibles, God describes her as a stiff-necked people. But it's Israel that God chooses to invite into relationship, not just to redeem them, but so that they might be a light to the nations round about them and through them redeem creation. And here, years later, in a stable in Bethlehem, God uses a young man who'd been embarrassed and let down by the one he loved. But he chose to stand by her. He chose to be involved in God's plans, despite no doubt the jeers of his friends and many of his townsfolk. It's in the messiness of, Jonah, of Joseph's family life that Joseph, well, not just Joseph, but all of us are blessed with a saviour, with God coming among us, Emmanuel.
I wonder how many of us look at our lives, particularly at Christmas, and compare them to the idea of the perfect family that is fed to us by the media and in films and adverts, books. I wonder how many of us feel let down that for whatever reason, our lives just don't quite live up or quite match up to what we expect. I wonder how many of us feel a tinge of sadness when we look at our lives. Lives which haven't quite turned out the way we hoped or planned or prayed. Lives which somehow we feel might be a disappointment. But might there still be beauty to be found in the unexpected though? Because I'm pretty sure after all that happened for Joseph, after discovering that Mary was pregnant, even after the angel visited him, and that long trek to Bethlehem, that in the early morning light as Joseph sat in that cold, drafty stable, after all of the strange comings and goings of the night, and looked at Mary, carrying that newborn baby into her arms, he admitted to himself, he wasn't expecting that. Each of us have disappointments. Each of us have sorrows. Each of us have areas of our lives where we feel let down or we feel shame that we are somehow not living up. And yet, it's into those very places which God comes, transforming our brokenness and using us in God's plan for redemption. I know it when I look at my life. The ways in which God has used, used the brokenness in my life and in my family's life. In the ministry that I have. In the way that I am able to help others. So do you. Where can you see God at work? in your life right now? What might God use in your life for God's glory? Where might your brokenness be being made whole and his glory shining out of it? Journey on in faith. Journey on in hope that God is birthing something in the messiness of your life and in the pain of your life right now. Why not consider that thought as we listen now to Love Came Down at Christmas. Love divine, love was born 
Christmas Star and angels gave the sign to the stable with Joseph. We bring to you now our prayers for others and for ourselves. Loving God, we come to you giving our thanks for the light of your love, waiting to be born again. The love which calms our deepest doubts and insecurities. We give thanks for the families celebrating the birth of new life, the miracle of your creation, for those celebrating a clean bill of health, and simply for those who have felt your presence in each new day. Lord, you are our most trusted confidant. 
ready to embrace your people now. As we pray for those who are bereaved, the dying and the people caring for them. We give thanks for the scientists and medics who have made possible the start of the COVID vaccination programme, giving hope to millions. We pray for those who are abused or hurt by the actions of others. For those around the world who face persecution and execution. We especially hold in our thoughts those whose lives have been touched by violence and tragedy this week. Healing God, we also remember those closer to home, struggling with past hurts, present concerns and future worries. People within our own communities who feel excluded from your love, We pray that they experience the strength of your love in their lives. Lord, to you who sustains us, we pray for those whose physical limitations cause them pain or frustration. For those who are hungry in body and spirit. For those who struggle with their mental health and feel that facing the outside world is just too much. May they know that you are always beside them. Lord, you know by name the worried, the betrayed, the dying and the hungry. But you also know by name the joyful, the peaceful and the relieved. Listen now to the prayers of your people. Lord, healer and sustainer, hear the prayers of us all as we now hold in our thoughts those who need to know your love and your concern for them at this time and we name them in the silence. To see you in the familiar, to recognise you in the not yet. May we seek you, Lord, in our coming and going, in our seeking and finding. And Lord, lead us to recognise you in the people we love and also those we struggle to love. And in this advent of expectation, draw us together in unity. In this advent of expectation, draw us together in the hope that the path we follow might lead us from a stable to a glimpse of eternity. All these things we pray in and through the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Vary, and thank you to everybody who has taken part in our worship this morning. It's great to have so many people involved in our reflections. Uh, and, and if you would like to participate in our reflections, then drop me a line. Uh, let me know whether you would be up for doing a prayer or, or a reading, and I'll add you to our regular list. Before we go, just a few words about the next week or two. On Christmas Eve, so we'll have reflections next week and there might be some nice surprises in it. We'll see what happens over the course of this week and how creative we can be with our online video. Um, but next Sunday, obviously, will be the, the last Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Advent, the Sunday before Christmas, and we'll see how that goes. I'm not going to promise anything now. I'm going to wait and see how this week pans out, but I hope you join us next week for what I hope will be a really special uh, reflection before Christmas, just to put us all in the mood in the usual Old Kirk style. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Christmas week itself, we've got uh, Christmas Eve on Thursday of that week. And obviously normally in church, we would have the Chris Tingle service at 6.30 and then we would have the watch night service at half past 11, neither of which are going to happen in church this year. What we're going to do instead, we're not going to have the watch night, but we are going to have the 6.30 Chris Tingle service. And what we will do for that is it will be on Zoom. So we're a wee bit different from our online reflections. It won't be recorded, it will be live. And if you get in touch through the booking form that we usually use for worship, what that'll do is it will give us your email and we can send you the Zoom code to join us, the, the Zoom invitation, which you click on the link and you'll be able to join us for that really special service. We'll do Chris Dingle in a whole new way. Uh, Chris Dingle is one of the highlights of my year at the Old Kirk. I love, I love the fact that the church is filled to bursting I love the fact that everybody's excited because it's almost Christmas. And I love the fact that even in the darkness of the evening, we fill the place with light and that light streams out of the building to go and share the good news that Christ has come. So that'll be at 6.30 on Christmas Eve. I hope you can join us, uh, whether you are someone who comes regularly or whether you are somebody who would just like to join us on Christmas Eve, you are more than welcome. Please, please join us. So that's Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, we again would normally gather in church, but we're not going to, uh, so that we give our cleaners a holiday. Instead, what we're going to do is, again, we'll be on Zoom, so that service will be live. It won't be recorded. It will be live, going live uh, at the point in time. We, what we probably will do though, eh, or maybe do is record them as we're doing them and put them up later so that you can join in or watch online later on. But please, please, please join us for our Christmas Day, early morning Christmas Day service. That'll be at 10.30am uh, on the 25th, obviously. And it, it will be Christmas Day in my living room, so I have no idea what that will mean. Uh, hopefully dogs will be banished and um, we'll enjoy some 
You can share your presents because you'll be in your living rooms too. You can turn up in your jammies if you like, I don't mind. But please come along. It'll be a lovely, relaxed morning. Just a short time of worship. And the best thing about doing it on Zoom is you can sing. So that way we can share carols together. And that's why we're doing it on both of those on Zoom. So that actually we can share carol singing together. Because if we did it in church, we wouldn't be able to sing. You would have to sit there in silence and listen to the carols if we played them. So, so carols from our living rooms uh, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And please come and join us. That'll be at 10.30 on Christmas Day. Turn up in your jammies, turn up in your finery, I don't mind, uh, and just come together as a, the Old Kirk family and celebrate the, the Messiah's birth. Celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. Celebrate the good news that God loves us so much that Christ has come. And so that's, that's not this week, but next week. But we've got another Sunday before then, and so tune in and see what madness happens next Sunday. As you go from this time and as you go from this place and this moment, may you go with the hope that Christ has come and will come again. May you go with the promise that God loves you no matter what. And may you go with that love bubbling up inside of you, spilling out from you, sharing that love and that light with all that you meet, so that they too may know the hope of Christmas. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon you and be with you all and with those whom you love today and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>